Welcome to the Adoption and Foster Care Journey, a podcast to encourage, educate, and equip you to care for children and youth through adoption, foster, and kinship care. Hosted by an adoptive mom with over 22 years of kinship and adoptive parenting experience, she's on this journey with you. Please welcome Sandra Flack. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. That, of course, is Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. I'm your host, Sandra Flack. Phew, what a month or so it has been. I hope you enjoyed our September episodes for International FASD Awareness Month and our bonus episodes, What Every Adoptive and Foster Parent Needs to Know, with Dr. Jared Brown. Uh, It's been a busy season for me, also a difficult one. That is why I'm titling this episode, Caution, Rough Road Ahead. I've been parenting for 33 years, and I'm in the most difficult season yet. Raising teen boys with trauma and FASD is such a hard road to be on. Can you relate in any way? And that's why today I want to share some of the hard stuff with you and hopefully encourage you if you are on a rough road too. And because I know, first of all, how hard and lonely and isolating this journey can be at times, I want to share some resources we have for you here at JFO. Um, We've been talking about our virtual support community. Uh, Natalie Vecchione of FASD Hope Podcast and I are collaborating together to bring you Hope for the FASD Journey, a virtual support community for us caregivers raising individuals with an FASD diagnosed or not, uh, this faith-based community will include an online bi-monthly support group. So we we meet as a support group twice a month via Zoom. uh, And also once a month, we have a VIP conversation, which um, is where it's almost like a live podcast because we have a special guest. And uh, I know coming up in October, I believe we have uh, Kenny LaJoy, who I recently had on the show, who is a young adult living with an FASD. Um, we've got some parents. We've got some adults. Um, so in the coming months, each month, we have a special guest who will tell their story. And then community members get to directly ask questions um, to our guests. So it's kind of like a fun, interactive time. And then, of course, we have a private Facebook group for members only, which will include a weekly uh, devotional. Natalie and I are going to take turns and drop a live video in there um, so that you have some encouragement on uh, Saturday mornings. Uh, And uh, uh, it's just an opportunity for us to all connect because unless you're on this journey, you just don't get it. So um, we, and we know how isolating it can be. I'm going to talk a little bit about that 
as we move forward. So um, you can find out more about the community and um, join it at justicefororphansny.org. Click on the training tab, and then in the drop down, you will see it. It'll say FASD. Click that, and then that'll bring you to all of our FASD resources, including the community. Also, be sure to check out our bonus episodes with Dr. Jared Brown. Um, Dr. Brown specializes in trauma, FASD, autism, and much, much more. Uh, I'm recording that series of episodes with Dr. Brown, really just focusing on topics of interest to adoptive and foster parents, kind of like a deep dive into things like executive function, um, uh, metacognition, self-regulation, prenatal exposure, uh, complex trauma, all of these different things. We're going to do about 15 of these bonus episodes. They drop on Fridays. You won't want to miss any of them. So make sure you check them out. Um, And if you are an adoptive or foster parent or caregiver um, of an individual prenatally exposed to alcohol or other substances, maybe you're not even sure if FASD is something that you're um, dealing with. Maybe you suspect it. Maybe you just want to learn more about it. Be sure to check out all of the resources on our website, um, specifically for this parenting journey, um, including some training that we're offering. Uh, I have a, a, a webinar that's coming up in October on Thursday, October 27th, 7 p.m. Eastern time. I am leading an a virtual, so you can, it's online, um, introduction to FASD workshop. So to register for that workshop, to um, learn more about it, you can go to, again to our website, justicefororphansny.org backslash training backslash FASD, and you will find all of the resources there. And of course, we will put links in the show notes for this episode as well. So now let's do a little catching up. School has started since the last time we chatted kind of one-on-one like this. Uh, And whether you are in public school, private school, you homeschool, how's it going? Uh, I know we are still homeschooling our youngest, soon-to-be 17-year-old son. Um, We do school in the morning, Monday through Thursday. And every day at 1 p.m., he now goes to our public school for the last period of the day. It's a skills class, and it's with the special education class that he would be in if he attended school. So um, it's going really well because he already knew some of the students in the class, and he already was acquainted with the teacher. So, so far, so good with that. Um Over the summer, he started going to my husband's business office and doing some shredding. Uh, This has been a wonderful boost to his self-esteem. He goes in and uh, there's a couple of secretaries in there who I've kind of given a little mini education on FASD and they just love him. Um, And then they sort of watch over him, uh, get him set up in a back office and they turn on K-Love for him, and he just sits there and shreds his heart out. He's shredding decades of documents and blueprints and things like that. 
Um, so he, he, it's like he'll never run out of stuff to shred, it seems like. And he just does garbage bags upon garbage bags of um, shredding. And he loves it. So um, he was able to do that quite a bit over the summer. And he was really bummed out that with school starting, um, he wasn't going to get to make money or um, go to his little job. So we arranged that on Fridays, instead of doing academics, I bring him into the office in the morning and let him shred until he has to go to the one o'clock skills class. Um, so it kind of keeps him motivated during the week for school. And really, it's not like he's not doing school because he's learning. Not only is he doing the shredding, but he's interacting with people. Um, he's gaining some valuable skills. It's great for him socially and emotionally. I kind of have dubbed it Slava's Shredding Services. Um, and he loves to do it. And it really has been really good, like I said, for his self-esteem and everything. So uh, we continue to do that. Um, that's been great. But in other ways, we're on a very ruddy road. Uh, we had an incident over the summer involving my 17-year-old, which caused a rupture in some of our close family relationships. I have eight kids all together. My youngest two home are 17 and 19. All the other ones are adults out of the house. Some are our biological kids. Some ha had joined our family through adoption. Um, and, and it's just been so hard. Uh, my heart desires reconciliation and repair. And my son and I have, you know, really tried to, um, uh, make things right so that we can do that. And it hasn't happened yet. So um, my 17 year old is really struggling with this because um, even though he's apologized and we've dealt, um, you know, we've uh, addressed the issues with his counselor. Um, we teach and train and kind of work on behavior in this way every day. Um, he's even now on some medications to help a medication to help him with anxiety, um, uh, which was really off the charts even before this incident. And now, and now it's only worsened because he's really struggling with shame, guilt, and the fallout of the whole situation. So gosh, relationships are so tricky to navigate, especially when you have adult biological kids, you have grandchildren, and you're raising kids with trauma and FASD. Like it's just a tangled web at times. And it's so hard. Can you guys relate to that? You know, whatever might be causing your ruddy road uh, on this parenting journey. And I know that we all experience, you know, just some of these things, some worse things than what I've been sharing. And you know, and maybe things that aren't even quite as bad, but I've learned that it's, you know, it's ages and stages because it was super easy. I shouldn't say that. I take that back completely. It was not super easy. It was hard when, when my youngest boys were even younger, but now that we're in the teenage years, it is just, um, become so much harder. You know, like I said, 33 years of parenting and I feel like we're on the hardest leg of the journey. Um, and it's it's compounded by so many other things, not just my boy's um, neurodiversity. So, but but we have to stay the course, um, and 
you know, whatever is causing your ruddy road. Um, here are some things that I want to share that I've learned while navigating the ruts and bumps of this parenting journey. Three things. Be creative, be curious, and be connected. My three C's. And we're going to break them down and talk about them. And I hope you're encouraged by them. The first one, being creative. By being creative, I mean that we need support and self-care, and so do our kids. And we need to be creative in how we make that happen. While I was excited for my son's opportunity to go to the high school every day for one hour, actually it's 45, 50 minutes, the pressure of actually making that happen began to build on me in the days leading up to school starting. Um, I started to feel a panic set in because, you know, I get up early to have my quiet time with the Lord. And then I try to get about an hour or so of work done. I run our, I'm the executive director of our nonprofit, Justice for Orphans. I do this podcast. Our organization um, manages Care Portal in my region. I am a, a FASD trainer, trauma trainer, um, you know, and it's, it's my ministry and my heart to serve this community. You folks that are listening, um, you know, we're, it's my heart and passion. Um, so I try to get a little bit done before we start school, but my son is also my priority, right? So then we start school and that is the focus until about lunchtime. And then typically, because I, I need the afternoon to focus on the work that I do, um, that's when I would, I would switch gears and focus on that. But the thought of losing a couple of hours of productivity to transport my son around down to the school, the school's about 10 minutes um, from where we live. You know, by the time you get ready, you take him down there. And then I have like 50 minutes to kill before I have to pick him back up again and then drive home. So to do that five days a week would just really interrupt my productivity. Um, and I started to to realize that I'd be working nights to get things accomplished. And folks, I am not very productive at night. Um, you know, I, I've been since the spring taking the FACETS um, year-long training to become a facilitator of the FACETS neurobehavioral model. And because we are, the, the, the class is made up of folks all around the world um, to accommodate and, and sort of come to a, an agreeable time. It's um, it's from 7 to 10 p.m. my time uh, every other Wednesday night. And seven this is three hours of not only just having to listen and pay attention, but interact and use my brain. And it's super challenging. By the time nine, nine o'clock rolls around, I'm like just trying to like stay with it because it's really hard. So to, to, to try to be productive and creative and work and do all the things that I do at night, I was just really beginning to panic. Um, and just processing it out loud, I'm a verbal processor, probably why podcasting is a good outlet for me. Um, processing it with my husband, I finally said, I need, I need a personal assistant. And then it dawned on me, I could ask for help, right? Like, with my husband's job, he couldn't always be guaranteed being able to, to drop off or pick up. Um, you know, he could help somewhat, but it's just, I really wanted consistent routine, you know, a plan for this. 
Um, so I reached out and I actually hired a relative um, to pick up my son at our house, take him down to the school, run some errands for me while he's in school, and then pick him back up and bring him home. And then she does some organizational stuff for me, um, which has been a huge blessing. I mean, my goodness, here's a confession. My my dad, who, um, who I've shared on here before, my dad passed away on June 1st. And, um, you know, I created these four big, huge poster boards of pictures all throughout his life, you know, at a funeral, how you have that all on display for people paying their respects to everybody can see the pictures. And, you know, um, they have been still sitting in my living room. So June, July, August, all of June, July, August, September, um, and now it's October. So like for over four months, those poster boards have been leaning up against my fireplace in my living room. And I just haven't had a chance to tackle that project. I wanted certain pictures to be copied and given to some relatives. And then they all had to be organized and put in a photo album. And it was just like one of those things that it needed to be done. But there are other things that are screaming louder that I have to get to first. Um, so it was just sort of something that was, you know, I hadn't gotten to. But my cousin just lovingly sat there and did all of that. It took her a few days. I mean, it was a project, right? And she did it. So that has been such a huge, huge blessing to me to have that help. And and, and, and it's also a blessing for my cousin because she she's not able to work a regular job and she was looking for something to do that she could do. And just a couple hours each day, you know, is something that she can handle. So it's working. Um, and, you know, it's for me and for my son, it expands his circle of supporters because he really, really relies on me as his support person. Um, you know, I mean, he does great with his dad, but I'm like his favorite person because he spends the most amount of time with me and I'm his preferred person, but I'm really not doing him any favors by being like the only person almost. We really needed to expand his circle of people in his life. So we've added um, not only my cousin, but also um, his shredding job is a creative way for him to also have some social interaction. And it gives me breathing room because even though my son is 17, due to his um, FASD, we don't leave him alone. So uh, if I have to go to a work meeting or I just need to get some work done, um, and I don't want him to just sit and do nothing all afternoon. Um, the shredding job gives him something constructive to do. Um, he can go to the office where he can sh shred, where it's safe. Um, he's supervised and he's learning some skills. So I've been praying, guys, for you know, for for different opportunities to arise. And this one, I, I kind of opened my eyes and realized it was right in front of me. Um, and it's really been going great. So especially if you're homeschooling or you're just home with younger kids, find creative ways to build supports into your days. Um, don't be afraid to ask for help because we all need it. Uh, I've begun the tedious process of applying for OPWDD. Um, now I'm in New York State, so that stands for Office of Persons with Developmental Disabilities. It's a state agency, and once my son gets approved, it will open the door for programs and supports 
um, and other resources and funding for those things, um, not just for now, but for the rest of his life. Um, and that's so valuable. I used to think that we wouldn't need these resources. We have a large family. Um, we have finances. But I've come to realize that, you know, we need to set our kids up for the future because the reality is we won't always be here. And like I said, my son relies on me as his preferred support person. But again, I'm not doing him any favors if I'm the only one in his life. He needs a community of people around him. And I need a community of people around me. And so do you. So get creative on what that looks like for your family, for your kiddos. And don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, just be sure to educate whoever you do invite into your circle um, educate them about your child's brain difference, anything that they need to know or understand. Um, you know, sometimes I give folks um, the book Trying Differently Rather Than Harder by Diane Malbin. It's one of the, you know, key FASD books. Um, there's also one pagers um, that I pull off of Proof Alliance. Um, you can go to proofalliance.com and they have um, one page resources for um, an employer so that they can understand in one page an FASD um, or a doctor or a um, an employer, a doctor, a school teacher. It's just different resources that will kind of like in one page educate on, you know, this is what the disability is and this is what helps best. Um, so it's those are those are helpful because not everybody's going to understand how to interact with our kids, especially if they have a brain-based difference. Um, that leads me to our next C, being curious. We need to be curious and learn everything we can about our child's trauma, about attachment, about brain differences, about how the brain works. One thing I've learned in my 33 years of parenting is this. You don't know what you don't know. I used to not know anything about childhood trauma or its impacts on children, even though I was actually raising a child with a trauma history. I barely even understood what that was. Um, I used to not know anything about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder, even though I was parenting children with fetal alcohol syndrome. I didn't know about these things because either I hadn't heard of them or then when I, you know, so I didn't know that I needed to know about them. And then when I did learn about them, and even when my boys got diagnosed with FAS, then there weren't any resources offered to me. I still remember the day that my boys got diagnosed. And then, you know, basically the developmental pediatrician said, oh yeah, here's your diagnosis. Uh, you might want to focus on life skills. Uh, somebody will need to help with managing their money. Have a nice day. There wasn't, there wasn't resources. We were not handed anything. Um, and then I was so busy raising kids because at the time I had eight kids, homeschooling. Um, you know, it was, it was, I was just trying to survive the crazy season and stages that we were in. Um, so I kind of knew enough to be dangerous, so to speak, but I didn't really know. And I didn't know what I didn't know. And I didn't need to, I didn't know how desperately I would need to know it. But 
Once I did know, I was determined to know more and more and continue to learn and apply what I learn. And now I make it my business to be the expert on my kids, on their disability, and on what accommodations they need. I continue to learn all I can. And then I share what I learn with you um, because you need to know. So I encourage you to be curious to learn what you can, listen to this and other podcasts, check out our bonus episodes with Dr. Jared Brown, take one of our FASD workshops, read the books listed on our resource page, learn everything you can about everything you can. I thought I knew stuff about FASD, but then when my boys became teenagers, then I learned that there was another whole world I was about to step into and I needed to be equipped for it. Only I didn't know about it really until I got off the plane and found myself in that world ill-equipped. So give yourself grace because we don't know what we don't know, but you need to be curious and find out what you do need to know. I'd also like to add um, this little nugget in here um, because, you know, the more I've learned and the more challenging the road has become, the more self-care I've needed, we need to take care of ourselves, especially since this journey also puts a lot of stress on our family relationships and our friendships. I recently discovered another podcast that I listen to regularly and it's amazing. I recommend it to everybody, whether you're an adoptive or foster parent or parenting neurotypical kids, or no matter what age or stage of life you're in, it's called Therapy and Theology with Lisa Turkrist, who you may have heard of from Proverbs 31 Ministries. Um, and it's just incredible. She has their, um, uh, Joel Mutamale, who's their, um, Proverbs 31, um, there's a, a theology guy, right? Um, and he's the director of theology there. And um, Jim Cress, which is Lisa's personal uh, counselor, who's a Christian counselor. Um, and the three of them just break down all the different things um, that, you know, we would need to learn in therapy, right? <laughs> right. To deal with in therapy. Um, it's become one of my favorites. And especially since navigating relationships with ruptures seems to be a part of this journey, I recommend um, check that out. I've just been so ministered to and helped by it. Um, So stay curious, learn all you can. Um, And finally, be connected. That's our third C. I cannot stress enough that we need to be connected to God and our community of fellow parents on this journey. My faith in God gets me through each day. I opened with Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 because I've come to learn that trusting in the Lord, no matter what's going on around me, is foundational to surviving this journey. I need him to direct my path. I know the Lord called my husband and I to adopt our five children in addition to our three biological kids. But um, now that everyone is older, it's actually harder. I need to keep my eyes on the Lord and trust him as I continue to walk out my calling to parent the kids that we still have at home. Um, You know, even though we're dealing with ruptured relationships, busy days and new seasons of life, um, I can't do it without the Lord. And I also can't do it without community 
fellow parents on the same journey. No one understands this journey unless they too are parenting or caring for kids or teens with trauma histories and or prenatal exposure to alcohol. We need to find our people. That's one of the reasons fellow FASD adopted mom, Natalie Vecchione, and I started the Hope for the FASD Journey support community. We both know how isolating this ride can be. We know the ups and the downs, the ages and the stages. We're both navigating this road, ruts and bumps and all, every day. And and, and Natalie and I had been connecting once a month on Zoom just to support each other. And it was such an invaluable time that we realized how many other people, parents on this journey need this kind of connection with people who truly, truly get it and are living it. So I'm so excited. Um, I love our virtual community because not all of us have friends next door or down the street or anywhere near us that we can connect with that really get what we're walking through. So connecting virtually is the next best thing. And through the Hope for the FASD Journey community, we're connecting three times a month, like I mentioned at the top, two support group meetings a month and one VIP conversation, plus our private Facebook group. You basically get full access to both Natalie and I, um, and it is um, a great way to connect and to just feel not alone, to feel not isolated. There's no judgment because we're all on this journey. We're all doing it. None of us is walking um, in perfection. Um, It's hard and we just need each other. So to learn more about the community, you can go to our website, justicefororphansny.org backslash training backslash FASD. But in addition um, to to us parents needing community, so do our kids. Um, I have found it's best for my youngest to have opportunities to connect with kids like him, Um, kids also with neurodiversity. And it's not always easy to find those opportunities, but um, he has been on a junior bowling league for the past three years. And while not, it's not specifically for kids with special needs, there are some other kids with you know neurodiversity in the league and on his team. Uh, and we also finally found a church youth group that has both kids that are um, neurotypical and kids with brain differences. And that was a huge answer to prayer, but it took a long time in searching that out. And I really believe the Lord led us to the church. Um, you know, that was that was the perfect fit. But it was a lot of work. We had to visit some churches and, and, and kind of do the work to find that out. But um, it was well worth it now. So be creative, be curious, and be connected. Because connection is vital for both us parents and our kids. And I wanted to share one more thing that I've also discovered in my 33 years of parenting. So I guess that makes two things. We don't know what we don't know. But also, you can't control outcomes And I spent probably the first three decades of parenting, um, I tried doing all the things to crank out perfect, well-behaved, smart, skilled Christian kids. But guess what? Once they become teenagers and then adults, 
whether they're neurotypical or they have a brain difference, it doesn't really matter. Once they reach a certain age, you cannot control what they say, what they eat, what they think, what they do, especially once they're young adults making their own choices and going to colleges or jobs or whatever they're doing. Of course, we still must raise them and train them up to the best of our ability. I'm not saying throw it all to the wind. Um, We need the help of the Lord to raise them, but we can't get stuck on controlling an outcome. If I do all of these things, then my kids will be okay and they'll turn out how I want them to. And for a lot of years, I parented um, in a way that I thought was going to keep my kids from making the same mistakes that I did as a teenager and young adult who didn't know the Lord. And I wanted, I I kind of had this belief system that if I do all of these things and raise them up in church and we homeschool and we teach them the Bible and we, you know, they're, you know, we do all these things, then that's what we're going to produce. And, you know, some, for some families that does work and for some of my kids, it has worked, but it is not a foolproof method. That's going to, it's not cookie cutter. You can't just do A, B, and C, and you're going to get this. It's not how it works because they all have a free will. They're all going to make their own decisions and they're different from us. Every one of them is different. And we have to even change our expectations because, you know, in the end, we can't control what or who they become. I've discovered that laying the foundation of faith is important. It's vital even if they walk away from it at some point, and some may do that. And some of mine have. And also building and maintaining connection, no matter who or what they become, connection is key to success. Connection is better than control because connection is based in love, but control is based in fear. So yes, You know, we have to do what we must do. We have to raise them and train them, um, you know, the way they should go, the way the Lord would want us to, but also recognize the time will come when all we really can do for our kids once they become adults is cover them in prayer and work to maintain healthy connections because sometimes they will want us. Sometimes they will rely on us. Sometimes, you know, they will want that connection. They will want our advice, our guidance, and our support. Um, But other times they won't. And we need to give us ourselves some grace and, and love them unconditionally and really just work to maintain that connection to the best of our ability. And it's not always going to be as, as connected as we want connection to be. Um, But Again, cover them in prayer and be there when they when they do call, when they do come by, um, make sure that you're giving them your attention. So um, just just some just some lessons that I've learned along on this parenting journey. So be creative, be curious and be connected. I hope these three C's will help you navigate the rough and ruddy road of parenting kids from hard places. Thank you for listening today. Um, I hope you were encouraged by this episode of the Adoption and Foster Care Journey. Uh, Be sure to check out our trauma and FASD resources, like I mentioned, 
on our website, justicefororphansny.org. And um, I also invite you to check out my family's kinship and Ukrainian adoption story in my award-winning book, Orphans No More, A Journey Back to the Father. It won a Golden Scroll Award for Memoir of the Year. Um, So if you really want to get a glimpse inside of my family, um, you can grab a copy wherever you buy books. Um, If you'd like a signed copy um, with a free special gift bookmark, you can go to my personal website, sandraflack.com, to order the book there. Um, Always want to give a shout out to our business sponsors, Tri-Nuclear Corporation, Bishop Boundary Construction, National Bank of Koksaki, and Coleman Insurance Agency. These businesses care about children and families in crisis, and they help us do what we do here at JFO. If you enjoyed this show, please let us know by subscribing and leave a review if you're listening on an Apple device. And be sure to let your fellow adoptive and fostering friends know about this podcast and our other resources so that they can be encouraged and supported too. Uh, Be sure to follow Justice for Orphans on Facebook and Instagram. You can find me, Sandra Flack, there as well. I'm grateful that you spent your valuable time with me today. I'm thrilled to have you along for the journey. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Adoption and Foster Care Journey podcast brought to you by Justice for Orphans. We hope you were encouraged today. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review and share it with your fellow foster and adoptive parent friends so they can be encouraged too. Be sure to find and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Justice for Orphans. And check out our website for vital resources at justicefororphansny.org.